This was a year that we were really going to go big with events. I was looking into 300 plus events. We already committed to like three dozen of those just going into Q1. So just imagine that too. I'm going back to our partners and and I know it's a hard time for them as well too. But the gap for us wasn't really a gap. It was really a window of opportunity as everybody else was really busy dealing with, you know, the business operations side and, you know, the contracts and all of that, which we did as well too. But half of my team was really shifting everything to virtual. The B2B Marketing Exchange was created with one goal in mind, to help B2B practitioners across marketing and sales be better at their jobs. Now we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. These are the tips and tools you need to succeed. This is the B2B Marketing Exchange podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the B2B MX podcast. My name is Claudia. And I'm Alicia. And we are back for another episode, but I'm just going to take a little step back because I wanted to check in on my girl, Alicia. How are you doing? We're a few episodes of the podcast in of season two. How are you feeling? How's it going over there? <sighs> so far, so good. I mean, how many weeks? What day is it? What month is it? Um, doesn't, it <laughs> that's doesn't kind matter. Of how I'm feeling. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, this, it's this day, that day, tomorrow day, later day. But no, getting into a bit of a groove, trying to maintain some normalcy, have a routine, getting outside when I can. How about you? How, how are you doing with uh, all the craziness that's going on at DGR and, and all, everything else that you're doing? Oh, man, I'm hanging in there. You know, I just I feel like I'm spending a lot of time at my computer, a little after hours at my computer. So I need to kind of get better at really shutting it down at the end of the day to work on myself and my mental health. But um, yeah, it's all all about the Netflix, having some berries right now and just trying to <laughs> live in the dream, basically. Yeah, living the dream. <laughs> it's finally nice over here in, in good old New Jersey. So I got a little bit of color over the weekend, did some social distancing. but was out in the sun a little bit. So I'm feeling good and I'm really excited for today's episode. This is going to be a really, really good one. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually glad that we did that bit of a a mental and well-being check because I know in our conversation with Sam Ponglada, who's the VP of Global Marketing for GumGum, that was a big part of our conversation, right? Um, Even though she's such a marketing pro, been in the biz for about 15 years, we did take the time to talk about all the other components that really drive us professionally, creatively, and then that includes doing things like watching Netflix, listening to podcasts. So we had a lot of fun, I think, getting to know her, her work, and what's really driving her right now. Yeah, it was a really fun conversation. And just hearing, because we've actually, on the DGR side, well, our sister publication, ABM in Action, we um, we interviewed some, I want to say maybe like a year or two ago. They're really big on, they're really big on ABM and they've been doing such awesome things with ABM related events for their target accounts. They did some cool things like Hamptons houses and all this stuff. And Sam kind of dives into it and, and really shares some unique ideas that they had for different events and then how they actually pivoted to this new virtual environment. So her insights were were fascinating. And just to hear the creativity that really went into all of the planning was really awesome because now is a really great time to experiment and and be creative with things. So so why not kind of um, 
push those buttons a little bit. Yeah, totally. And we do get into the value of interactive content, which anyone who knows me knows I can geek out about that for earlier hours. Um, Same. So we get to hear, you know, what drove their team to test new things, what has worked with their audience, and um, how they're trying new creative approaches to engage both existing clients and um, prospects, which I, I thought seeing that difference, you know, was really fascinating. So if you're interested in learning more about interactive content or are currently doing interactive content but are looking for new ideas, ways to freshen things up a little bit, especially now, Sam has a lot of great insights. So listen in and hopefully you'll get those creative juices flowing a little bit. All right. Hi, Sam. How's it going today? Hi, I am good. How are you guys? Good, good. Thank you so much for taking the time. I just wanted to, you know, to kick off the conversation, why don't you share a little bit about yourself and Gum Gum and what your organization does and who you serve? Absolutely. So yeah, my name is Sam Ponglada. I am the VP of Global Marketing at Gum Gum and I've been here, wow, close to four years now. Feels so so long time ago when, when I joined. And I've been, you know, tech marketer, I would say close to 15 plus years now. Yeah, it's been a very long time, you know, made my way from hardware to software, sales and marketing, and then to uh, consumer solutions and the e-com side, and then been in ad tech for around five to six years now. We say work for Gum Gum. And for those of you that aren't familiar, we're an AI media company with a deep expertise in computer vision. And for close to 10 years now, we've been helping brands and advertisers launch highly contextual advertising campaigns and also help gain insights from them. We also have a sports and esports division as well, too, where we're going back to the brands and sponsors and letting them know about their media sponsorship valuation. So that's kind of in a nutshell of what we do. And basically, we work directly with, you know, Fortune 500 brands and also directly with advertising agencies as well. Oh, that's great. So Sam, in a nutshell, how would you kind of break down the different components of your global marketing strategy? I mean, as your company has grown, evolved like any other B2B organization, um, and just given your experience with the brand, what kind of evolution has there been in terms of the tactics and how you guys have gone to market? Well, today it has shrank. <laughs> right, like, like many. That, <laughs> like, like that's the theme these days, right? Like, hey, what's left? Um, but just even evolving the past like three, four years, being at Gum Gum when we started kicking off, you know, the marketing team and building that when I first joined, it was just only at like five people. And the time it was really about, you know, content marketing A marketing organization, you know, will be very, very successful if they have a good content marketing engine. And that's what my CMO at the time, you know, really helped build out. And and when I got on board, um, it was all about like, okay, how do we convert those to lead and help drive revenue? And how do we plug in? events like how do we grow our event strategy right right if we're starting from a client retention driven events how do we you know expand to like cans right how do we expand to ces and the iabs and and all the industry conferences and get our name out there because we're not google we're not facebook right so over the three or four years you know it was truly a mix you know between demand gen and, and pr paid media and events what is now called virtual events and experiences, but our content marketing alone truly, truly involved. And it was 
very fascinating to see. I know a lot of companies, you know, know that this is something that they need to put out to educate their audiences, you know, to help drive leads, to turn into thought leadership pieces. But for us, seeing how we've been pushing this out in a very creative way has just been very fascinating. And we realize that our content has turned into less text. I don't know if a lot of marketers out there are really noticing the adoption rate and the numbers of leads go up when the content is more bite sizes or more in a GIF, an animation involved, interactive. Like when it when you bring text to life, it becomes an experience. And I think in my entire career, just like looking at that and witnessing that and being part of that and collaborating between sales and marketing and the creative team has just been very fascinating. Awesome. And I kind of want to, I want to go back because you, you did mention events and I know Demand Gen Report's sister publication did a story on you, um, ABM in Action. And I know you guys, you know, events make up a very large fraction of your marketing strategy. You've done some really, really cool things, especially around, you know, your ABM efforts as well. I don't want to give too much away, but what did that look like prior to the COVID-19 pandemic? Let's, let's kind of go back way back when, if we could even remember remember those good times. (laughs) No, absolutely. Definitely a lot of good times. And I feel it more now, to be honest, like, thank goodness, like, we really invest in in our event strategy and keeping our clients happy because they remember us during these times, when you take that out of the way of life, basically, you know, and the business world, right. And Thank goodness we had those memories and all those impressions that we created that, oh, Gum Gums throws the best media party and things like that. <laughs> and growing, you know, the event strategy from just like few events, like, okay, we need to be here. We need to be there into, you know, like last year we've done like 275 events, which is crazy. And we actually have Gum Gum custom events that has been such a staple that became an annual, you know, event and global, like. I'm not sure if you recall, but Bring Cancer You is one of the, our biggest staple events. And we bring so much people together during the week of Canleon's festival, you know, and not a lot of people get to go out to France, right? And a lot of times it's like mostly the high level, you know, execs gets to go. And for us, four years ago, when we started this, we realized that why don't we just bring, you know, cans to a city near you? So we've rolled out yacht parties, French themed, you know, um, whether it's like a French wine tasting or even like French cooking class. That week is just like crazy. And a lot of our customers and clients just love it so much. Like we do yachts in Chicago, LA and London. Everything is happening within the same week over the two to three days, which is kind of nuts. And it's almost like a global phenomenon for, you know, people in the media world to, to get you know, on this invite list. <laughs> so for us, now what do we do? We, we had a huge theme this year, actually, which I was very excited about. And unfortunately, you know, all this happened, but that didn't stop us at all. You know, the creativity kicked in and, and we're looking at doing it as a virtual experience, even though the festival itself is canceled. They canceled for 2020, you know, we'll see you back in 2021. Like, well, I guess a lot of our competitors are not going to, maybe hopefully they're not thinking about it, but 
we are because we already put a lot of work into the creativity for you know 2020 so we're going to transform that into an experience so it's definitely been a challenging but also a time to shine for an event marketer and i'm hoping all of you that are listening it definitely is it's the creativity has just shifted from irl to url and it's a topic that i've been talking a lot about the past few weeks I love that. And just hearing you talk about wine tastings and yacht parties. <laughs> oh, man. I just have like this beautiful vision in my mind. <laughs> I'm staring longingly out the window right now. <laughs> yeah. So I love that. I'd love to dive a little deeper into, you know, obviously, like everybody else, you've had to adapt and, and shelter in place. So what were some of the gaps that you knew you had to fill in terms of this events calendar, since you did such major things in real life? So Tell me a little bit more about the virtual setting and how you began planning it and how you kind of are executing it now uh, throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, I I have, you know, just looking back, it's been like eight weeks, you know, into the lockdown, right? And I look back and it was really a blur. The first two weeks was not only about canceling the conferences and events, right? But my team happened to be super proactive and really on board because it actually kicked us into high gear and we were able to actually move some of those to virtual. And it all started with South by Southwest. And I was personally was very excited because I was going to speak at four different stages and this would be the first time to really share a story. I thought it would be a great platform and just excited to go there. And we just came out of CES, obviously, also an IEB annual leadership meeting, which is also another big industry event. So just coming out of that mid-February and just like a few weeks of just like, all right, we're going to kick this in high gear. And when all this came about, obviously... We had it in us to deal with all the cancellation, postponing, you know, all the communication that went out. And on top of that, moving our monitors from the office back home and trying to get the work from home set up. So, you know, what we needed to do was that we needed to have something, you know, we did not actually leave a gap at all. We actually did a virtual webinar. We moved to in-person events, obviously, to a webinar and also did one podcast. And all this happened within two weeks. And then we also knew that our clients were looking so much towards, you know, all the events that we were going to invite them to, or or they already had it on their calendars. And for us, this was a year that we were really going to go big with events. I was looking into 300 plus events. We already committed to like three dozen of those just going into Q1. So just imagine that too. I'm going back to our partners and and I know it's a hard time for them as well too. But the gap for us wasn't really a gap. It was really a window of opportunity. As everybody else was really busy dealing with, you know, the business operations side and, you know, the contracts and all of that, which we did as well too. But half of my team was really shifting everything to virtual. And as you can imagine, eight weeks back, everything wasn't perfect, right? People were just introduced to Zoom. If you don't use Zoom already, people were getting acclimated with Zoom webinar. How do we run this? And how do we create panels? Like, how do we do Q&As? Like, how do we make this fun? Like, the creative team was actually very busy on creating these interactive experiences to make sure that clients were okay waiting and not be like, hey, you're not going to hear from Gungam in three weeks. They just went silent. Nope, that was not 
the case at all. So we actually launched a few experiences out in the meantime to keep our clients happy and be in touch with us. Although going through like, all right, you know, how do they settle in to work from home? So we did an experience around that, which was very, very successful. And actually we were also in a few articles around how we were able to do that within the two weeks of lockdown. (laughs) Yeah, it was crazy time. Yeah. And I I love that you bring up that there was this feeling of excitement and that everyone was ready to go and ready to work and that this all presented an opportunity. I feel like a lot of folks in the space have very similar sentiments in that way. But I want to dig a little bit deeper into that you know, from IRL to to URL experience, because you guys aren't new to content, you know, they have a strong heritage in content and an interactive, but I'd love your take on the translation of, you know, all of the elements, the environmental factors that go into a great event experience, right? You see, you feel, um, you know, taste, and then you go to content, right? Which, I mean, you know, interactive platforms provide a lot of depth, but isn't quite the same. So, I mean, what do you guys try to do from, you know, a content perspective to try and bring just as much, if not more value to the table when you create these experiences? One word really is making it interactive, right? Interactive, it's it's just a must right now. If you send a static one sheet slide, it's like everybody's sending that, you know, everybody's doing that. And for us, we knew if we didn't make this interactive, we didn't have animations, we didn't gamify these, no one's going to read it. Even more so, they're at home. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know? they're all digital, right? That's all they have. Exactly. Exactly. And I'll be honest with you, even webinars, there's so many webinars right now. And it's so hard to stand out. But what we were able to do here is really create an experience from having them walk through the different sections of you know, the content piece, which is kind of great. Even the ones that were for fun, you know, for client retention purposes. We've got so much great feedback. It was so great to see that they were like, wow, this made my day, you know, and even having like a tidy prize or even was for a charitable cause. Like, hey, if you walk through this experience and signed up, not only that you'll get this small prize, but you'll also be able to contribute to Feeding America. And we were able to donate 100,000 meals like within a week after we launched that experience, which was great. And that experience alone was all about why to stay connected with us. And setting our level that high in the first experience that went out was awesome. Because after that, whatever we said, the open rate was consistently high, if not more. And what we were trying to do is really cut through the noise. The other thing, and this is also a fun one, that we did. And obviously it was around Cinco de Mayo. So we were able to whip up a quick trivia experience and it had like 10 really fun questions around, you know, Cinco de Mayo, like something like this gamification. Boom. We got 350 completions, which is crazy. And that was super last minute as well too. And around COVID itself too. So Gum Gum's response towards COVID. So I mean, this doesn't even sound good, right? So because news is everywhere right now, and it's mostly, I'm not saying negative, but it's also informative, but people are inundated with all the news. And it's a lot of times, it's not great news to hear. 
we were able to kind of gather our response to COVID and especially being the data and technology world, we were able to use our platform to provide insights around COVID related keywords. This was super fascinating even to me and everybody that you know worked on this especially was really using a platform to scan contacts and you know that was related to covid and we were able to analyze those contacts across our publisher sites and then was able to say you know 60% of covid related content out there across our publisher sites is 60% brand safe so that was such a powerful powerful phrase for us. And for us, we really wanted to tell the world, we wanted to tell our brands, we want to tell brands that don't even work with us that, hey, your ads would be safe, you know, next to content within our publisher network. So yeah, so everything we do now was an experience. And I can definitely send some along as well, too. Obviously, they're on our site, but we had so much you know, interactive <laughs> content pieces that we actually did a gum gum COVID page. So all things COVID on there, our response, and it was really great to, to see a lot of the feedback and being able to act very quickly on it. That's awesome. And speaking of the feedback, you know, you had mentioned you did the survey. Do you often do do surveys to get that kind of feedback to kind of fuel the, the content engine in the future? Absolutely. So we use servers for a lot of these interactive, you know, content pieces. And the good news is that I could just go in and look at the analytics right away. How many people revisit? How many people visited? How many page views there were? And kind of combining that. And we have a senior marketing operations manager who her job basically is analyzing all the data we get and all the analytics we get from these experiences. And then she comes back to say and would tell us like, hey, you know, the best practice, you know, basing upon the data that we get and all the analytics, we should just only keep it to five sections, for example, right? And those actually started making us a lot smarter when it comes to the next experience, because the attention span is very short these days. When it comes to these things, they just want to get to the point, really. Nobody's reading a 15-page white paper anymore. Trust me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, yeah, for us, like having visibility into, you know, the engagement and all of that was very, very crucial in how we do our next experience. That's fantastic. And I mean, those insights, I'm sure, are so valuable, not just in the long term, right, determining how we're going to map the experience out, what areas of the experience resonate most, and how can we replicate that. But there may even be a short-term component, right? Like if you notice engagement is down in a specific area or, you know, maybe, you know, people aren't clicking on a widget, right? Like how can we make this more noticeable? I'm sure there are short-term and long-term benefits to that. And also mobile. Well, first of all, like this is the only time probably in our lifetime that everybody's spending more on desktop versus mobile and being on the go, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And just really understanding the analytics behind that too. So we need to make sure that everything's mobile responsive, like, you know, all these like, you know, animations are working or it's going to ruin the experience. And guess what? They're going to move on to other piece of content that was thrown at them. So we don't want to miss that opportunity. 
Right. And I'm sure, you know, there are overarching content marketing realities. Like you said, the 15 to 20 page uh, white paper. I mean, only so many people have the attention span for that. You know, mobility, those go across industries and business types. But I'm wondering if there have been any interesting learnings for your team, like in terms of what's unique to maybe specific buyers or, or maybe even, you know, clients versus, you know, new buyers that you're trying to engage and hopefully nurture and get them to become a customer. Because I'm always curious to see how audience preferences either evolve or, or how they may pivot, you know, as they become more familiar with a business. Yeah. Um, in terms of these experiences and content or how we... Yeah, exactly. Like, is there anything interesting, like in terms of how they consume the content or if they have preferences in terms of type of experience? I mean, there are probably so many different ways we can slice that. So you, you tell me where you want to go with that. Let's focus on... I know I've been talking about clients a lot, but let's talk about prospects because that's something that I'm sure everybody's like, how do you get more prospects? Mm-hmm, how do you get mm-hmm. them to meet with you? How do you get them to even like contribute to the email opens rate, right? <laughs> and this is something like as a marketer, you know, for so long, you know, it's always been a challenge, but really all we need is one or all we need is five out of the hundreds of emails we send out, right? And um, what we've actually learned to do with account-based marketing, and trust me, it was always these like either physical mail pieces or live interactive experiences or more personalized campaigns that we've done for account-based marketing. Those days are over right now, right? Or put on pause because we can't do any of that right now. So what we came up with more recently because we needed a scale was we moved towards EABM. And I'm pretty sure we came up with this ourselves. I don't think anybody else did. But EABM is basically a personalized ABM campaign. And obviously, it's digital. So instead of, you know, casting the net with an email, what we did is we actually created an experience, an interactive experience using Seros and actually having this snapshot within the email. And obviously, the subject line and the snapshot really shows a very appealing pain point that we can help solve. And once we get their attention and click on it, they click on it, and it's going to open up to the experience where now they can actually see the infographics, all these things are moving along within the experience and just really showcasing our solutions and case studies. Like, We went after a huge, huge retailer and we actually got a meeting out of it because they actually referred, they actually forwarded that email to, you know, head of digital at one of their subsidiaries, which is equally as big. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so after that, guess what our sellers wanted to do? They want all wanted this. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) uh, And the the reason why we were able to scale this also is because we were able to create templates and to swap logos and being able. So it's retail. Then we can do 10 more retail focused experiences. Right. So right now we're actually functioning by vertical. So we did one for gaming and literally there's like two slots. One's the logo and it could change the color really quickly on the branding for the experience. And then we actually upload the the skin of the game into the experience. So it looks like you're actually watching the game. Oh, so things cool. like that, we're, ab- we're able to do this. And to be honest, when I first saw this tool back in the day, I was like, eh, this is just a nice to have. Why do I need to add this to my stack? 
you know, I don't want to deal with like down the road, like worrying, right? Like, is there ROI from this? Is not, I just felt like it wasn't, you know, content was content to me four years ago. And how this all evolved was kind of mind blowing because now it's a must have. And I go to every marketer I meet, like, you need to have this, like your sales enablement team isn't going to last (laughs) that, you know, they're not going to be like that successful if they don't evolve with the way content is being presented and being able to see how sellers are adapting. Trust me, it took us like probably six months when we started showing these experiences or interactive content. A lot of our sellers didn't want anything to do with it. They reverted back. They just want, I know we just want a straightforward PDF or a slide because our client, that's how they work. Like that's what they want. But always test the waters, right? And this is the challenge for, for any marketer. It's like, how do you get sellers buy-in? How do you get buy-in internally first? And then when we were able to do that, um, just seeing how all this kind of unfolded was just awesome. Being able to see that, wow, now everybody wants you know something interactive. And we even changed the behavior of our own clients, how they were doing things. So it's been definitely an interesting ride to, to see this. And being able to scale push these things out more. I was going to say that that was the first thing that really popped into my head as an, a big aha, especially as we think about it through the lens of ABM and, you know, personalizing experiences, being able to have that scale, you know, the bulk of the experience could be universal, but what can you, what can you refine and, and change about that experience to make it more relevant? And it seems like you've been able to crack that code and do so in, in a very scalable way. But the other points on that I think really resonates here is it's not interactive for interactive sake, right? Everything that your team is doing seems to be very intentional. The actions that people take, sure, they're fun and they get people engaged, but it all leads to a greater purpose or you know a much larger vision for what you want the outcome to be for your visitor. And I think that seems to be the really key component of a successful interactive strategy. No, this has been great. So, of course, you know, just gathering what you've shared with us so far, your your team, it, you're no strangers to testing, learning, trying new things, <laughs> um, taking some chances. And I think now especially is, is the time to do that. We've been speaking with a few folks about why that's so important today. But, you know, just based on your experiences, your learnings as an executive, as a, a leader within your organization. I'm wondering if there are any, you know, key takeaways that you may have for the fellow, you know, marketing leaders that may be listening right now, looking for ideas, ways to maybe push limits and, you know, either they're scared to, especially in this volatile climate, or they're not quite sure how to, you know, make a pivot or, or make a positive change. What would you say to them? You know, it's like I said, like it's definitely a tough time to be a marketer, but it's also a time to shine. And this is where you need really need to work with the bare bones and shine from there, right? And then although your CFO or those above you would be like, wait, you could do this all along with just like spending less. <laughs> why are we why were we investing so much, right? But this is like our everyday life right now. Like, wow, we had to live with so much. And we thought that's what was needed. But now we've been living such like minimalist. I don't know about you guys, but I am. <laughs> and it, there's not a lot, 
right? And and same with the marketer. There's not a lot to work with. And I know a lot of marketing budgets has been cut, you know, even headcount, which is, you know, really, really crazy and, and also very unfortunate that we have come to this. But how are you doing more with less? And I think for us, we've been very lucky, even though we had to slash a ton of my tech stack is actually, it's still intact, like more than half of it, but we had to lose some, but we had to keep those that, you know, were very crucial to our business in survival mode, right? And a lot of us are in that position right now. And I'm very blessed to be able to have the three, four key tools that I'm able to be to do this. And to be honest, it's really the humans too. It's like our brains, right? How do we get more creative? And if I say there's zero budget, what can we do? So it basically is just like putting our heads together and adding the creativity to it. And I think back in the day, people were probably more conservative, what they want to put out there. And they're not sure if things would stick. Trust me, now is the time to, to do all of that. And it's really a time to go rogue. And it's really a time to really, really utilize your creative team and even the creativity you have within you to create these campaigns that stand out. And yes, go back to the basics. We are too. Like I thought I would never have to do a webinar again. And I did too. The right. past few weeks. You know, I thought that was like ancient, you know, but guess what? It's the platform. It's it's how you really navigate this and, and shine from it. And I think with a lot of marketers too, you know, between content and creativity is like the backbone of what you need right now. The technology is really how you scale and automate it and make you a lot more efficient. And for us, although I've lost a lot of event ROI, but I have now have shifted to being more quantitative ROI. And that being said, is that the emails that sellers send me around our experiences, the feedback, everything's like, you guys are awesome. Oh, I love this. Like almost is now is that is that portion, which I never really include as much in our ROI is now part of our ROI. We actually have a rating system that where we're putting in to make sure like, okay, what was the qualitative <laughs> feedback? Oh, it was eight. Like for example, right? Like we're, we're rating these now and we're compiling all of that and we're putting in our Salesforce campaigns because guess what? We don't have a lot of in-person influence as much as we used to. So our KPIs, metrics have all changed in that sense as well too. But obviously all of us need to be more analytical, you know, need to really value the data that we have. And guess what? We don't know where the future is right now. I'm hoping we don't get to a point where we need to scale back more, right? But if we do, that data is going to be very, very crucial to business decisions that needs to be made. And especially with the technology that we need to keep. And I'll be honest, the partners that I have with, you know, my tech stack, like they've been such a great addition to, you know, having us worry less about how we use your tool, how what can we utilize things that we actually bypass not looking into, you know, because ah, it's there, but all these features, but we just don't have time. Now is the time. We have a lot of time on our hands that we could actually learn more how to utilize these tools and in, in a lot more effective way as well, too. And the end of all this, you know, I, I'm going to leave this here where post-pandemic, you know, when we all come out of this do keep what we've learned from this time very valuable and close to heart. 
because any company or any partner or any client will truly value how we treated them during this time and how thoughtful we were and the smiles that we created on their faces or even, you know, the education and that they've received during this time is going to be very valuable. And we're actually thinking about a welcome back strategy as well now because we're very hopeful, at least out here in California, <laughs> that things are going to reopen soon. And we're able to be quick again. You know, we don't want our competitors to catch up with us. Mary, we want to make sure like the moment things reopen here, this is a welcome back experience. Um, these are the five things that, you know, you should, you know, take with you post quarantine. You know, these are the skills that, you know, all these things like the clients have been sharing recipes. Guess what? We're doing a digital um, cookbook gathering from all our clients, you know, that shared recipes with us and we're going to give them as a gift. Things like that. I love that. Thoughtful stuff, right? And it's going to be interactive, obviously. And it's something that they can share around because, you know, we can't really print anything right now. I love that. I mean, it's really just creating that memorable experience. And it's you guys seem to be really just nailing it. That's awesome. Yeah, But yeah, so I feel like just to close things out, we wanted to do a a fun little quarantine lightning round psalm with you, uh, if you don't mind us asking a few questions. Absolutely. All right, let's speed round this a little bit. What are you watching? I just finished, um, actually, last night, The Morning Show. I love it so much. <laughs> oh, I need to watch that. Yeah, oh, I have to God. put that on it's my list. So, it is so good, like the acting, the cast, and just like, I don't know, it's also making me miss New York because, you know, I've been back in LA for like close to three years now, but still, it's just the energy, you know, I, I'm almost like, I feel like I'm in this show. <laughs> Yeah, obviously a lot of Netflix because that's also how I unwind as well too. Yeah, but the morning show right now. Mm-hmm. Cool. Are you reading anything? You know, um, I have to admit, like I usually don't have a lot of time to read, but I've been forcing myself <laughs> to read as much as you know as I can. So right now that I have on my audio book is a Hard Things About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz, which is great, and it's really good time to really look into experiences around being a leader. And this book is just so amazing because it actually shares a lot of tips and real experiences about how going through hard times, you know, or how do we grow with the business or even how do we come out of layoffs, for example, like all these different scenarios that you can envision. And those that actually put you in a very comfortable place. And it's, it's, it's just a great book. And, and, I just started a few days ago, so I'm very excited to to finish it. Awesome. Yeah, I've been I've been kind of having to force my I used to read so much, but I I've been having to force myself this uh this year from the beginning, but after a while sometimes you you just got to rest those eyes. So, that brings us to our next question since you did say, you know, you were reading um well, you're listening to audiobooks, but are you into podcasts these days? <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, so it's interesting. I was never big on this, but I get links here and there, you know, of some funny podcasts or even like my favorite murder and, or Joe Rogan and all of that. But I've been actually listening to some more, like giving some more time into podcasts and actually doing more of those. And it's very interesting because it's not like a live webinar where you see each other's like facial experience and all of that. Right. But it's been a lot better because you actually can 
turn it on anytime. And it, even if you're like sitting, you know, although, you know, a lot of people that are have commute don't really have commutes anymore. I know that was huge. So we're all about it. We were thinking about doing a gum gum podcast too, but we, we want to do it well. So we haven't really launched anything yet, but we're starting to brainstorm how we could really do this. Awesome. What's keeping you inspired and immersed in your work? How are you even handling this work from home life these days? Oh man, you know, to be honest, like most marketers are type A, right? And I am for sure one. It's very interesting because when you have a lot of space, you know, I, I feel I feel like I, I freed up a lot of space with even within my head and even within my life. And I've been using this time a lot to really reflect and really not having a schedule is actually forcing you to think about yourself and thinking about how you want to be better, how you want to come out of this. And I've been spending a lot of time doing that. I've also been spending a lot of time even watching, you know, TED Talks and stuff like that, which is great, or TEDx. And I just never really had time. So I try to keep myself inspired, but also I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. And right now, just a lot of people are sharing stories, sharing what they're doing, whether it's not in my industry or not, I'm trying to definitely stay on top of it. And as a marketer too, we try to also see like what else, what other trends are out there. One thing I haven't done though, is those TikTok videos. <laughs> <laughs> I don't maybe, think, I, maybe, I don't think I'll ever be ready for those. I, know, I don't know. You may have to like check in with me in another month to see if I get there, but I've been kind of like just seeing what channels are out there, you know, and a lot of people haven't really heard of it until now because of the age range. <laughs> right? Um, but it's definitely been, been very interesting. And also to be honest, as human as everybody is, just reaching out to old friends and people you kind of like haven't had time to catch up with. Like I've been truly inspired by that. And especially my, my, you know, mommy or daddy friends that are, you know, staying at home with their kids and, and now they're having a little bit more time to talk, you know, that's been, been truly inspiring as well too, because, you know, I have a different setup here than there, but yeah, but making the most out of it for sure. And out here, where I live, I'm definitely being able to go out and spend more time with nature. And actually, I've been seeing more dolphins come closer to, you know, the pier and stuff. And, and it's been really great, because I feel like the air is more fresh, and we start seeing rabbits hopping around, like, it's kind of crazy, to be honest, and just definitely being inspired by by all of that, and just take a breath. And instead of being on a schedule, and I'm one for sure that has a crazy schedule, I'm always traveling on a plane and airports and and right now to really enjoy this time to myself. Oh, that's a great, Sam. And I think there's something to be said about finding the bright spots and everything, not just professionally, like you said, investing in personal development and, um, you know, whether it be a TED Talk or reading a book, but also the, those personal areas too that are, are so important, right, to, to enrich our, ourselves mentally, emotionally, physically, whatever it may be. So it's been fantastic to get to know you, your work, um, and, and get to um, all of those bright spots that are driving you day to day. It's, it's really been a pleasure, Sam. Absolutely. Likewise. And it's just been joy. And I have to thank both of you. You've actually made me so comfortable. You know, I feel like we're just sitting sitting here talking, you know, like, I feel like this wasn't a live event, you know, like, I felt very comfortable. And I think with podcasts, like, we want to make sure that, you know, it's more casual, it's like informal, and just really talking about, you know, um, these kind of topics. is just also kind of fun for me as well, too. So thank you so much for the opportunity. 
Oh, thank oh, that's you. Great. We'd love to hear that. We'll have to have you back maybe in a few weeks uh, <laughs> once things shake out a little bit more and we'll catch up on what we're watching. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks again, Sam, so much uh, for taking the time. Uh, stay sane, stay well, um, keep fighting the good fight. We'll be keeping an eye on all the great stuff uh, Gum Gum has going on. Really appreciate you taking the time out. And uh, thanks everyone out there for listening. Take care. All right. Well, I mean, if that conversation didn't get all marketers juices and creativity flowing within their brains, I don't I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I mean, you, you might as well just go somewhere else because I think we covered it all. And she shared so many great ideas. It was so inspirational, too. She she got a little emotional. And I was like, totally. oh, like I felt inspired. Like, I wanted to, like, make a change to do something big. So hopefully everyone out there listening feels um, so inclined, even excited to make some big moves in their personal lives or even in their own business. I thought it was a great conversation. Yeah, and it really just kind of drilled into the benefit and the effectiveness of interactive content. And, you know, you and I are both huge advocates for it. And just hearing some kind of back up what I've known for for quite some time was really fun. Yeah, absolutely. And anyone listening now, Sam was so kind to share some links with us to some of those interactive experiences that Gum Gum has created. So be sure to check those out in the notes section of your podcast player. And hopefully you have a lot of great ideas, a lot of great inspiration to carry into your work week as we all try to stay excited, stay connected, and um, you know, stay engaged in our day-to-day. As always thank you all so much for listening um anyone out there that hasn't subscribed and wants more great insights from folks like Sam, please do subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to your podcasts and um if you have any ideas know a practitioner that you think we'd get a kick out of would be a great conversation or if you have a fascinating story like gum gums drop us a line we're available on twitter linkedin Basically, wherever there's social media, you know we're there. So as always, thanks everyone so much for listening and uh, see you next time.